We join with the prophet Isaiah in our call to worship this morning. You are invited to join in in the words in bold. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we account him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole and by his bruises we are healed. Today's service will feature a number of scripture readings and songs taking us on a journey to the cross. Our first scripture reading comes from Hebrews starting in chapter four. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Please rise as you are able and join us in song.
They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. And when he came back, he found, again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. And returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. And just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. And with him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? 
But he remained silent and made no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments and said, What further witnesses do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and strike him, saying to him, And the guards received him with blows. And as soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. And the chief priests accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you. Jesus made no answer. Pilate was amazed. Now at the feast, he used to release for them one prisoner for whom they had asked. And among the rebels in prison, who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowds came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? Crucify him. Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas, having scourged Jesus and delivered him to be crucified.
Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him, they said. He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, since you're under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, 
Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who was standing there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. to me. 
Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. As we journey to the cross and see Jesus, we see Israel's long-awaited Messiah, the Son of the living God, with his arms stretched out. And we're confronted with our own sin, but we're also confronted with the selfless, self-giving love of God. There's so much accomplished at the cross. Theologians, pastors, church leaders have been debating and discussing the meaning of the cross for almost two millennia. But one thing we all encounter at the cross is that Christ atoned for our sins. If we really look to the cross, we realize we need Jesus. We need his salvation. We need to get saved. The broken, the vulnerable, the unjustly accused, beautiful Savior, Son of the living God, the eternal word of the Father dies at the cross for the world, but also for us. This year in my own life, I think I've been more fascinated with the sins and the ups and downs of celebrity pastors and church leaders than I've been familiar with the sin and darkness in my own soul. But if we really sit at the foot of the cross, we're confronted by our own sin. And on this Good Friday, we need the Spirit of God to shine His light into the dark places of our soul and receive Christ's healing and cleansing. In many churches, um, there's what's known as weekly confession and assurance. And it's two beautiful ideas and concepts and acts of worship where we confess our brokenness, but then are assured of our salvation. Now, depending on what church stream or denomination you came from, you may have emphasized one or the other. Your, your church and your worship and your liturgy may have focused on your depravity, your brokenness, your sin, your shame, your pain. Or you may have come from another tradition that talks about your victory, the resurrection life, that God has a great plan for you and you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. The truth is though, both of those are true. And that's why we need to come to the cross and confess our sins, but also look to the cross and be assured of our salvation. You see, the truth is we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of God's glory. And yet, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're messed up, it's true, but Christ has come. And he went to the cross and he dealt with our sin. So confess, own up to those sins, but then be covered by the cleansing stream that flows from Calvary, the life-giving, sin-destroying power of Christ's blood. 
Simply say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I repent of brokenness. I repent of lust. I repent of pride. I repent of anger. I repent of unforgiveness. I repent of hurting other people. But also, God, I receive your forgiveness. Romans 6 says it this way. Now if we've died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. And so consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. Journeying to the cross opens our eyes to be aware of our own sin, but it should fuel us to walk in the freedom and the grace that Christ has provided. You know, you may say, Jeremy, but you don't know my situation. Life is hard. You don't know my circumstances. You don't know what happened to me. You don't know what I did to someone else. And you know what? You're totally right. I don't know those situations. But Jesus does. One of his titles is the man of sorrows. Yes, there's lots of powerful titles of Jesus and names for Jesus. Our Savior, he's the friend of sinners. He's the Messiah. He's the King of Kings, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Son of God. He's the Son of Man. And yet a key title that's read, that's prayed and sung during Holy Week is that Jesus is the man of sorrows. Isaiah 53 proclaims this. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we esteemed him not. So if you're suffering with depression, anxiety, physical pain, brokenness, guess what? You have a Savior who gets it. He sat in Gethsemane sweating blood. You feel like God's left you? The Son of the living God felt forsaken by his Father at the cross. You see, we will never, ever be able to fully know or fully experience what Jesus went through at the cross, but he knows exactly what we go through. Your sorrow, your restless nights, your pain, your unanswered prayers, your feelings of vulnerability, your, your, your being unjustly accused, Jesus gets it, and he knows that situation. He was betrayed. He was left alone by his best friends, by his loved ones. They ran off. Jesus knows. Hebrews 4 says it this way. Jesus understands every weakness of ours because he was tempted in every single way that we are, but he didn't sin. Here at the foot of the cross on Good Friday, we're reminded that the presence of Christ is right there in the midst of the most painful things. Jesus is completely attuned to us. He's completely aware of our suffering, of our pain, and even our temptation. So this Good Friday and tomorrow, Holy Saturday, I want to invite you to sit at the foot of the cross 
May we become more aware of our sin and brokenness, but also aware of his healing. Take heart, dear friends. This is a very, very good Friday.
journey, the reading from Mark 15. It was preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph brought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. Would you rise with us as we sing one more song? Oh, that rugged cross, my salvation, where your love poured out over me. Now my soul cries out, See you. 
benediction and sending for today is not so much a go, but a stay. As we stay at the cross on Holy Friday and as we stay at the cross on Holy Saturday. Do not linger from the cross, friends. Don't hurry away, but linger to survey, to ponder our Savior's suffering and our Savior's death. Consider carefully the preciousness of his sacrifice and the greatness of his mercy for you. Then depart confidently knowing that the Spirit will keep you in the crucified Son's embrace and be prompting you to trust and obey him. The God of peace will go with you. Amen.